Welcome to Good Stories. I am Joey Womack, founder of Goody Nation. And the next episode in the series is called Peace Up, A-Town Down, powered by Hyperpilots. The next set of guests to the stage. Uh, we're going to go local, y'all. Again, we're going local. And we just start. We just got finished talking about culture and we talked about how Atlanta is the global culture capital of the world. And so let's get into what's happening in the local scene in Atlanta. I want to talk a little bit around some of some awesome around some awesome startup founders, particularly those some of those who have actually recently moved to Atlanta during the during the pandemic. And so we're excited to also have another journalist with us as well, Atlanta's voice when it comes to technology. And so I'm going to kick it to, to, to Maya first for a quick intro, and then we'll kind of go around uh, the horn from there. So, so Maya, you want to do a quick intro? Absolutely. Uh, thank you so much, Joey. This is a, an, a true honor, and I'm so excited to be here with, with Goody Nation. Uh, I'm Maya Ellinger. I'm the current editor-in-chief over at Hypopotamus. We are uh, a tech publication. We cover tech startups, entrepreneurship here in Atlanta and the Southeast um, and the larger innovation economy. Uh, I'm excited to talk to founders here today because, uh, you know, it has been an incredible year for for Southeast founders uh, and and in in the uh, particularly here in Atlanta, but excited to really talk about what that means, why Atlanta is uh, the place to build right now. Awesome. Awesome. I want to kick it over to uh, Melissa first. So quick, just quickly, the, for the intro standpoint, you know, name, name of the company, the one, two cent description um, of, of, of the company as well. Okay. Hey, Joey, thanks for having us. You're eight hours in. So we're just, we're, <laughs> we're singing your praises right now. My name is Melissa Brogdon and I am the co-founder and COO of Fourth Party. We are a legal technology company building practice management solutions for mediators and arbitrators. And those are the people that handle all of uh, your negotiations when you get into a business dispute. So um, you may they may sound like big words, but they're probably touching you because they're in every contract um, that you sign. And just super happy to be here. I'm an Oakland native, but Atlanta's home um, and been here since 2013. Well, I went to Spelman 2004. I've been here a while. (laughs) <laughs> there it is. Shout out to Spelman. Want to kick it over to to Bobby next? Awesome. Thanks, Joy, for having me. This is this is great. Uh, you've been crushing it. Been checking out the live stream. Um, so I'm Bobby, CEO, co-founder of Fun Story. We're a software platform designed to help founders access and manage non-dilutive capital. Uh, started Fun Story through trying to raise venture capital. My first startup ended up uh, not being able to do that, and I learned ways to alternatively alternatively. Uh, finance the business. And so we're building out a software platform designed to help founders at each stage of the funding journey, prior to funding, during funding, and post-funding. Happy to be here. Awesome. I'm going to kick it over to, to John. Hey, Joey, man. Thank you for having us. This is awesome what you guys are doing. And I know a lot of funds are going to be funneling through. But um, John York, I'm the CEO of Spoke Up Incorporated, and we are a social community app or platform that allows users to create public and private communities um, stay in touch with people who care about the same things that you do. Um, we take advantage of data metrics, artificial intelligence, as well as augmented reality in a pretty unique way. And uh, again, we're just really excited to be here. Awesome. Awesome. And last but not least, we have Donald. 
Joey, Joey, thanks for having me, brother. Um, what's going on to the, all of uh, Goody Nation? Uh, I'm Donald Boone, the CEO and founder of Boxed Up. Uh, we're an on-demand rental marketplace, effectively like the Airbnb, but for stuff. Uh, if you think about it, the creator economy is booming, uh, but the cost to create some of that content can be expensive. So we help out people, uh, content creators, uh, get access to gear, and we connect them with people and equipment owners that have idle inventory. Um, so if you want to start a podcast, you need to shoot some video, you need some fancy uh, camera equipment for a live stream, uh, Boxstep can help out. And you all notice, I'm sure, the the quality of the camera that uh, the the Donald has today, and so it makes it makes a huge difference. So let's let's kind of get right into it. You know, Maya, I want to you know you may have some 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 questions here, um, and so happy you know feel feel free to jump in with with questions and stuff like that. But I want to I want to kick it off to first to the, the those that have been in Atlanta for 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 a minute at least. You know what makes you know Bobby? I'll start with you. Um, I think I've known you the longest in terms of, you know, entrepreneurship and stuff like that. You know, what makes Atlanta, you know, Atlanta, so to speak, you know, we get a lot of press recently and stuff like that. Uh, what makes Atlanta Atlanta for the, as it relates to the startup ecosystem? I think for me, um, the culture of giving back. So I started my first startup uh, right out of college in 2015, 2016. And um, the Switch Arts community welcomed me with open arms. Uh, they were very, this is when they were just starting their first location downtown, and um, they were very welcoming and uh, really just helped me acclimate to the ecosystem here. And um, it was during that time where I learned a ton about the ecosystem, networked, built strong community, and um, and then I became more aware of the other ecosystems, uh, like the you know, Atlanta startup uh, community in Buckhead, uh, Atlanta Tech Village. And then what we have here in uh, Midtown with ATDC. And uh, I would say the, the culture of giving back and being very warm and welcoming, that Southern hospitality is, is really what separates us uh, from other ecosystems. Nice. Nice. Melissa, I mean, I'm understanding you're you know, relatively new startup founder. You know, what's your experience been like in, in the Atlanta startup ecosystem and what makes Atlanta, you know, an ecosystem for you? Yeah, well, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is just like Black entrepreneurship. So I have a lot of wonderful mentors um, and folks that know that they're mentoring me and folks that I'm just, you know, <laughs> fangirling behind, uh, but really excited about. Um, and, and the beautiful part about founding something in Atlanta is being able to have that support network that's, that's really built in and, and incredibly responsive, right? Like, you can tr truly reach out to someone and say, hey, I'm, I'm trying to do this thing and get that feedback um, that you're looking for and that support um, and, and just the encouragement to say, OK, keep trying. And even some, you know, heart feedback when you're kind of going in a direction that maybe not might might not be it. And, and it's honest yeah. because they want you to be successful. And so I think, um, you know, thinking about where you could start a business, Atlanta, particularly as a black founder, it just has made a huge difference in how quickly we've been able to accelerate, get our, get in front of folks and um, get some, get some good feedback. Awesome. 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 So now, 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 John, my understanding you moved to Atlanta, you know, during the pandemic, right? So what made you choose ATL? Wow. Yeah, that was a crazy season. We moved here in April of 2020. I think that was like around the two weeks that Atlanta actually shut down for a bit. <laughs> and so uh, we moved into our apartment sight unseen just to get into the area. 
And uh, it's been amazing for us. Mainly, I mean, if you think about it, it's basically what everybody else is saying as well. I moved from North Carolina, um, but the support that's here in Atlanta is is amazing. Um, from the moment I, you know, stepped foot here and, and moved in, uh, just reaching out to different people, different entrepreneurs, other people who have resources, everybody has, you know, surrounded me with open arms and has embraced what it is that we're trying to do in terms of, you know, being able to help as much as they can. And I see that not only for me, but I also see that for other Black founders and entrepreneurs in the area as well. And so just the level of embracing that's taking place here, um, you know, that's that's the biggest part for, for us, you know, for my wife and I to be able to just move down here. Um, you guys just embrace us right away. There it is. I mean, Don, I want to come to you. Now, you chose ATL as well. You're a little bit of a slightly different story, so I'll let you kind of take it from here. Yeah, man. I mean, so born and raised in the Washington, D.C. area, Prince George's County, and I've been all over the place, lived in Miami, Houston, but most recently spent four years in Seattle. And I don't know if anybody's been to Seattle before, but it's like the opposite of this panel. Like you got to take out your telescope to try to find black people and, and try to find your culture there. So really the priority for me was basically getting back to my people, getting back to my roots. And the thing I love about Atlanta is is dope. Uh, and as fast as it's growing, the tech community, uh, when I bought my home, thankfully, the real estate was also uh, relatively affordable as well. But just how authentic everybody is. here. I remember going to a VC meeting at breakfast and, you know, I went in like full on corporate mode. I went to like give the VC a handshake and he was like, nah, we dap here. So like, you know, being able to dap up VCs, be my full self. I show up to meetings like this and I feel like Atlanta is one of those cities that you truly can't show up. 100% who you are and still be embraced um, and Atlanta gets it done. So uh, now I'm, I'm excited for this part. Nice. Nice. nice, nice. So, so Maya, I'm going to actually ask you the same question before then I'm sure you may have some questions as well, but you know, what's your take on the Atlanta startup ecosystem? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I have, I will say I'm a transplant of, but I've, this is definitely home. I've been here 11 years now. I moved for college and barring a very short stint in New York, I have been here in Atlanta um, and, and wouldn't be anywhere else. For me, um, every day I get up and I'm so energized because I get to talk to founders across Atlanta and the Southeast who are energized builder in a way that I, uh, I've talked to you know other tech journalists across the country and they don't see that as much. And so I think for me, um, being able to really understand kind of what gets entrepreneurs up in the morning um, makes it such a unique time here, um, which kind of rolls into uh, a question that I have for, for the panel, if people are ready. Um, you know, one of the big things that has been talked about over the course of the pandemic is uh, access to capital and how that uh, access to funding has changed pretty drastically. So, you know, I wanted to ask Bobby specifically, um, thinking about kind of alternative funding sources. Um, and how do you think that is changing? Is it changing the nature of uh, the relationship between uh, entrepreneurs and investors here in, in, this, uh, in the city of Atlanta? Uh, and then to the panel, I would love to kind of understand a little bit more about uh, what in, what your investing journey has been like and has Atlanta played a part in that investing journey to date? Thanks for that question. I think speaking about access to capital specifically uh, in Atlanta uh, comes down to a panel I had um, 
with the uh, cohort over at Atlanta uh, Tech Village. It takes a village. And uh, these were some really great founders. And our panel was about, you know, non-dilutive capital, alternatives of venture capital, and really just educating them on different forms of financing, like tax credits from Main Street, rev share agreements from uh, ClearCo, expense financing uh, with CapChase and subscription securitization with Pipe, just a plethora of options that founders have now uh, as a result of uh, this emergence of internet businesses representing the fastest growing sector in our global economy. We're seeing a ton of innovation that are uh, competing with venture capital, even though you know this year has broke records in terms of capital deployed uh, we're seeing alternatives uh, take place. Over a billion dollars has been raised um, from funds, the funds that I've mentioned to help founders find alternatives of venture capital. And that uh, session we had, uh, we found that founders were, you know, excited about these alternatives. They didn't have to feel like they were pressed to pitch a VC and, um, you know, have, you know, their business be, you know, on the on, on the line basically if they were not able to close. A deal, and so um, you know, with alternatives being out there, and founders are uh, being more aware of these alternatives, uh, especially here in Atlanta. Um, you know, we're really excited about um, helping founders access to those alternatives. Uh, speaking sort of more broadly, I think in the future, um, you know, if interest rates stay this low, we could see uh, even more innovation. Uh, as, the, as I mentioned, the cap chases of the world, the clear codes, the main street, the pipes, you also have those alternatives in Europe and Asia. And um, as those businesses start to deploy capital here in the States, uh, we're gonna see more innovation. And so um, assuming interest rates stay low, we're gonna see more capital being deployed in venture capital alternatives and uh, more excitement um, for, for founders. So I'm really excited about it. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I would love to hear uh, from from everyone else on the panel too, uh, in terms of how you have found um, access to capital here in the southeast, if that's been part of your journey so far. Yeah, I'll start. Um, so again, from North Carolina, um, when we launched the company, I actually lived in the Raleigh Durham area, and our journey was very interesting. It, it really was backed by relationships. We had a relationship with um, a lady who became our lead investor. What she was able to do for us um, was open up her investment groups to us. And so for about three months, we would actually go to the bottom of a Black-owned bank in Durham, and we would pitch to about 30 to 40 people you know, every week, once a week, for about three months. And it would be a new group of 30 people. Some would come back and you know, she would stand up and say, hey, I believe in these guys. I gave them their first investment. You guys should do the same as well. And so we were able to raise probably in less than a year just within Durham with about 90 to 95 percent of our money uh, being black. We, we were able to raise about two point two million dollars, um, which was pretty amazing for us. And so that was the start of our journey. We're looking to raise about another um, uh, we're, we're looking to raise another round right now. Um, for just a little less than that, just to continue to move forward. But um, yes, yeah, so our journey was was very interesting. The way that we decided to do it because of how it took place was um, uh, using the mechanism of a convertible debt note. And that was helpful for us because it allowed us to not necessarily have to give up any ownership quite yet. Um, and so that, that was really the route that we took. And it was really beneficial for us during that time. 
Yeah, I'll go second. Um, my mind is a, a big TBD, so I'll uh, I'll come back to you in, in 30 days. We're in the process of raising uh, $2.5 million uh, of seed funding for Boxed Up. What I'll say is what COVID and the pandemic did first is sort of democratize access to where you decided to fund fundraise from or who you decided to fundraise from because now everybody's home so now you can get access to people but what i found is especially as the world returns back to normal things are starting to drastically snap back to local where are you so a lot of what the narrative that we've been trying to make sure we tell is like look atlanta is home we're coming back we're scaling uh in atlanta and i think that's definitely helped us gain some momentum over the last uh, couple of weeks Um, I can jump in. I mean, we're very early in our in our uh, fundraising journey, so we've been able to bootstrap and uh, self-fund up until this point, and then we're very lucky to receive um, the Black Founders Fund, Google for Startups, um, $100,000 non-dilutive uh, um, cash injection in the last couple of months, so that's been amazing for us. Um, I think what's heartening for me, understanding some of the disparities around representation in the VC space, um, I'm seeing a lot of young Black folks jumping on the call at when it's time to jump and have these conversations as I'm building relationships with VC firms. And so um, that's been nice to, to Donald's point, being able to kind of take a deep breath and feel a little bit of confidence and camaraderie and be able to kind of show up as yourself. Um, that's been um, really great for us as we get build our confidence around those conversations. We're thinking about fundraising um, in the next few months. And so um, being able to build those relationships now and see more of that representation is really exciting. That's awesome. That's that's cool to hear the different uh, journeys that you all are taking, and I know it's quite quite the road. Uh, anytime there's there's uh, capital being raised in any capacity, um, you know, as we, gosh, I cannot believe that we're coming into December and we have to kind of start thinking about taking a step back and and thinking about the year that we just had and and what's to come. You know, so many some some of you have moved here. Uh, during the course of the pandemic, some of you have been here for a while. I'd love to hear from everyone on the panel um, just about how you think Atlanta's positioned kind of moving forward into, into 2022 and kind of what kind of uh, competitive advantages, you, if you will, um, that you think the city can take as we move into whatever challenges uh, and opportunities 2022 will, will surely present to us. Happy to happy to jump in there. Um, one of the cities I've seen really take off uh, in tech is Miami. And I think if we can learn from uh, the the playbook uh, that their mayor has executed against, um, we could we could see some really great action in 2022 with the new uh, mayor here. And so, um, really looking forward to that. Um, but we already have the infrastructure in place in terms of you know the tech ecosystem. Uh, we're on the map. Venture capital dollars are coming into the ecosystem. Startups are being created. We have burgeoning hubs here uh, in Atlanta, ranging from you know downtown to midtown to Buckhead. We have the infrastructure, so uh, we just need leadership. Um, and uh, I think you know following the playbook from Miami would be helpful. Yeah, I think to add to that, I think when you in terms of infrastructure, there's also a, a great talent pool. I mean, that was also one of the many reasons 
that I chose Atlanta is like, all right, if I'm looking to scale a startup, there's already an existing pool of talented people that are already there and enough motivation to get people there. Um, so the, the last four years of my career, I spent at Amazon. Well, what a lot of people don't know about Amazon in Seattle, Seattle was a really tiny, small city prior to uh, the entire sort of makeover um, that transformed over the last 20 years there because of the growth of a large corporate entity. So I think what Atlanta's got going for it is uh, it's cooking at both ends. You've got this uh, burgeoning startup ecosystem uh, that's grown rapidly. But then you also have these large tech companies, Google, Microsoft, Amazon, that are also coming here as well. So when you have that kind of growth from both ends, uh, you've just got this huge influx of talent. And if those people stay as they likely are, um, you're just going to see uh, a revolution and continued growth over the coming year. So I think that's what's uh, exciting is as these people leave these large tech companies, they start their startups in Atlanta, uh, and then you'll just continue to see uh, the growth of the ecosystem. Dope, 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 dope. I, I don't know if if, if John or, or Melissa, you have, have any thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, still getting new to the city, uh, still getting plugged in. But um, I do think that there is a huge opportunity here for Atlanta to just take off. Um, I think there's a lot of talent that's here. There's a lot of um, uh, motivation and inspiration here for for people who have ideas. Um, and there's a lot of support to turn those ideas into actual businesses. And so I think with that, you know, to everybody else's point, if we continue to go down that route, if we continue to learn from what other people other states, other areas, other cities um, are doing who are killing it right now, um, if we're able to glean from them and apply that to our particular environment, then I do believe that Atlanta has a very, very bright future ahead. We've got the resources, we've got the money, we've got the talent, we've got the support, and I'm, I'm really excited to see what's going to happen over the next few years. Yeah, I'll just add that, you know, thinking about customers, because that's where my mind is right now. Um, I mean, Atlanta's a great place to sort of test the market and, and have a little bit of both worlds in, in that, you know, you have a little bit of that South, which is notorious for being uh, a little bit hesitant, a little bit slower to adopt new things. But then um, being in Atlanta, you've got so many um, new things popping up and, and perspectives. And so there is this appetite for innovation. Um, and so when we think about you know, our next market, it was really exciting to be able to start here because we were able to feel a little bit of both sides and some of what that apprehension might look like, um, you know, as we dig deeper into the Bible Belt and then also what we need to anticipate as we, you know, go coastal. So um, so I think it's a, like a great test market to start in. Nice. 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 Mike, actually, Mike, I want to kick a question to you. I mean, let's, let's go a little bit into actual predictions. Like if you had to make you know, you can make several, right? But if you had to make at least one prediction for the Atlanta startup ecosystem for 2022, you know, what 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 would it be? Well, uh, journalists don't like to make predictions. <laughs> I know, but say you're a panelist. I'm sorry. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> no, absolutely. So, um, you know, don't don't quote me on, on anything. But as I speak to to founders here in Atlanta, what what I think you know, it's, if I were to predict anything that's going to, you know, move uh, uh, what's, what it will look like, whether we're talking 2022 or kind of the next five, 10 years, Atlanta has positioned itself in a really interesting place because it is, um, we already have a workforce of, of 
fintech uh, and of supply chain and and e-commerce, both startups, Fortune 500, Fortune 100 companies that are here. And why I think that's important is we've seen those three areas of tech uh, are just going to continue to be kind of ubiquitous parts of of what we need to to sustain daily life, uh, if you will, both uh, in this pandemic world and whenever we may or may not exit uh, out of it. Um, but what I think is really exciting and, and kind of was talked about in, on the last panel with, with Mike Jordan and, and Butter is Atlanta is positioned in such an awesome place to, uh, you know, it is a leading entertainment and, and media hub. And now we're seeing these really incredible media tech companies um, come and grow. And I think that that's a really cool opportunity for Atlanta to continue to, you know, as we say, influence everything, um, but to continue um, to raise the bar in terms of how creators um, here in in Atlanta and beyond um, continue to use technology to uh, to gain audience and 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 things like that. So that would be my big prediction. I think um, we're going to continue to see uh, that Atlanta has positioned itself well in in industries that are going to be even more essential as we move forward. Mm, mm. You know, what, I I don't, I'm not a hundred percent on this. I'm not a hundred percent, but I feel confident enough to give a prediction is one area which you kind of alluded to is, or you spoke on is, is the, is the creative space, right? The, what I'm going to talk about is, is how in particular HBCUs and innovation therein have been invested in over the last, you know, 20 or so months or since George Floyd, Amada Arbery, Breonna Taylor and stuff like that. So we've seen, you know, somewhat something like $80 million or so been poured into um, just the AUC in terms of tech and innovation. But it's all been virtual for the most part through pandemic. So what I'm what I'm interested in seeing and what I think will happen is that that momentum will still continue once people once more people start to come in person and then connecting those college students to tech professionals in the startup ecosystem and larger kind of corporate innovation ecosystem for continued relationships. And, and, you know, no matter if those students develop their own, their next startup or they go work for, for big company, whatever, I think, you know, it's going to have a huge impact that we're probably not going to see for another four to eight years or so. I do think, I I think it's going to happen. Literally, I think physical connections are going to be made between students in the AUC who had a lot of programming now in tech in the larger Atlanta tech ecosystem. If If there is a concern that I have though, is that those, that connection won't be made because it has to be intentional. We're literally going to have to do it in some way, shape or form in, in, in person. So I think it'll happen. I have faith. You know, I'm not a hundred percent there. I'm probably like 90%, but I feel good enough to give a prediction that those connections will be made and it'll, it'll take the, the overall, overall Atlanta startup ecosystem to the quote unquote next level. Yeah. Can I add something as well? Um, yeah. One of the things that I'm actually noticing is um, part of also why I moved down here. My wife is a singer. We moved down here to help uh, launch a church, uh, Hillsong Atlanta. And what I'm noticing now is being a part of that staff and, uh, being integrated in that world, especially being in the Bible Belt, is that I feel like there are a lot of 
uh, non-traditional sectors that are looking for um, innovative technologies and innovative uh, solutions as well. Um, especially just the church is not really known for being that innovative. It's very known, it's known for being very traditional. And so what I'm noticing is that there's a huge push for innovation digitally, technology-wise, and just all around. And so I do believe that that's another thing that's going to take place here in Atlanta. Um, not just talking about being in the Bible Belt, but in other uh, non-traditional sectors, I do believe that more innovative technologies, more innovative thought processes, and, and that whole conversation is going to start to emerge even more. Mm, powerful, 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 powerful. Let's talk about, you know, what we want to happen, right? Less about predictions, but, you know, in a perfect world, magic wand, you know, and I'm going to take the Google for startups, Black Founders Fund money off the table. So that <laughs> looks like that was a magic wand for a lot of people. Let's Let's be honest here. Um, Melissa, I do want to come to you. Just like aside from that, like what do you what do you wish would happen in the Atlanta startup ecosystem? Yeah, well, I think what comes to mind is thinking back to my point earlier around mentorship. That that um, that the education and the support and all of the ways that um, corporations and also individuals are are trying to plug in come with with some financial backing and support. Um, the opportunity for us to sort of fail forward and have the opportunity to um, have those cash injections that allow us to investigate and experiment and, and um, really have six, nine, 12 months of runway to um, you know, figure out if the thing is a thing. Um, I think that um, there's certainly plenty of people who, um, you know, being in some of the, you know, these founder prep courses, there's folks who have amazing ideas and don't have the capital to even try to, you know, get an MVP, get a team to even start thinking about what the MVP is going to look like. Um, and then you're spending several years in that stage when, you know, people could be so much further in, in development and, and figuring out if it if it's the right thing or if they need to pivot in another direction. And I think that um, it's really unfortunate when you don't have those resources to be able to sort of bootstrap and, and um, you know, self-fund and get there. Um, and so I am hoping that as, as corporations and individuals think about designing these programs and these founder accelerators and, and are doing that work, that they think about um, the, the investment of cash, though riskier, um, as worthwhile. Mm, I love it. I love it. I love it. Bobby? Yeah, I would I would love to see more acquisitions. I think that's going to be helpful in terms of the you know downstream effect on the angel community here. Um, this year is very exciting. You see, you know, players like Green Sky get acquired by Goldman, uh, Mailchimp, obviously by Intuit. Uh, so I'm looking forward to some more M and A action and see how that will effectuate uh, startups downstream. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, Donald, you made you mentioned some some examples a little bit earlier. You seen from other startup ecosystems. I mean, you, you got anything you want to just say, like, we could, if we could bring X from X ecosystem to Atlanta, it would be dope. I take it right out of Melissa's book. I think she hit the nail on the head. I think more money to entrepreneurs and talented teams earlier in the process. If you look at the West Coast and you look at California as an example, everybody knows about uh, really famous accelerators like Y Combinator. Well, they're investing 125K uh, and promises to go and raise a lot more money for some of these companies with just an idea. 
things like that don't happen in the Southeast, mainly because people are more conservative. But my hope is that with these acquisitions and with all of this money that comes is that people start taking bets on talented teams and talented founders earlier on in the process. There's so much death in those early days of startup and just trying to figure it out. I think what the West Coast has figured out and uh, honestly, New York has as well is how do we place bets on talented people earlier in the process, knowing that we're going to definitely miss some, but we're also going to smack out a few home runs. Um, So I I think doing some more large bets like that. So I would love to see Atlanta uh, break into the top 10, at least top 20 uh, in VC funding. uh, And it's just not quite there yet, but that's one of the big things for me. Nice, 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 nice. And and so I want to shift the conversation a little bit and and really I do want to talk about, you know, 2022 and, 23 and stuff like that. And before we do that, I want to, one, um, I want to recognize a, a someone who just donated, David Lightburn from Atlanta Tech Village. You talk about, you know, and an, a group of people and an institution now in Atlanta and in Atlanta in general, but also the Atlanta Tech ecosystem just donated. Truly appreciate that. Good, sir. Um, good amount of money there. So I truly appreciate it. So let's, let's talk a little bit about physical space. Before we do that, if you're watching, uh, we're raising money for Goody Nation's operations in 2022 so we can scale our impact. And if you feel it, uh, think this conversation is dope or Goody Nation doing great work, you can donate by texting good stories to 707070. 70. All right. So let's talk a little bit about predictions on on how, you know, let's talk about workplace as it relates to startups, right, as it relates to startups. And so. I'd be interested in hearing you all's thoughts on where we see founders, particularly diverse founders, go for work. So again, pre-pandemic, you had Atlanta Tech Village, Bobby had mentioned earlier, Switchyard, you have the Gathering Spot, you have Russell Center. You know, at one point I had launched the, the, the WeWork startup program um, that's no longer there. But I mean, you had a lot of different places for, for founders to work out of. And before I kind of go into the question about how you all essentially see it playing out when people start to do, you know, more stuff in person, Goody Nation is built on relationships. So that's our whole thing is around social capital, creating relationships that lead to stuff like financial capital, but it also leads to things like uh, better professional development for founders and CEOs. It leads to customers, it leads to less stress, it leads to better access to talent. So how do you all, I know Atlanta's open, right? But I don't feel like it's just as open like it was, you know, obviously, you know, pre-pandemic. And I, my, I really kind of, I know, unfortunately, as a journalist, I guess you, what I've learned during this, during this call, you can't, uh, you can't make any predictions, but I actually maybe put that hat off for a second. Where do you think it's going in terms of where people are going to work? Do you see scenarios where people will just go back to the where, where they used to work out of the, for the first place? Do you see people being, you know, for the most part, remote, do you see people doing some type of hybrid environment or and or is it a scenario where like, let's say like Monday, I'm out of the gathering spot. Wednesday, I'm over at ATDC. Friday, I'm over at Atlantic Village for particular things. And or it could be something that I haven't even mentioned yet. How do you see this thing kind of playing out from a, a, a from a place standpoint? You know, I would say uh Potentially up to uh, 75, 80% of the people, of the founders that I talk to, when I say, where's your team, they immediately say we are a remote first company. Um, And I think what that 
uh, generally means when I kind of dig into that a little more is, you know, they uh, may be located here in Atlanta, but they are excited about the opportunity to have talent across the country. Uh, you know, it opened, Atlanta, of course, has a, a great uh, talent pool and workforce here. But when you talk to founders at, at different sizes who may need a very specific skill set to, to join their team, having, you know, be able to, to hire someone on the West Coast up in New York or around the world um, opens up a lot of doors. Um, that being said, I, I do think remote first will be around for the, for the long term. There's a lot of benefits. The other thing that I'm seeing a lot of uh, or hearing a lot of are, are people have and companies and startups downsizing and either saying, hey, we're going to have, uh, you know, a place in a in a uh, co-working space, pop in when you want. Uh, maybe, you know, you you just need to get out of the house, go to, you can go to Switchyards, you can go to WeWork and things like that. Um, but still having that central gathering place, which especially for, uh, you know, young uh, people starting companies or starting out in a company, you know, I think founders and and leaders at companies are, are, are starting to see, you know, it's an important opportunity to give networking, get in rooms with people, because that's where that's where the magic happens. Not that great things can't happen over Zoom, but um, you know, I think having a smaller physical footprint, but still maintaining that, um, you know, is, is going to be the way to go. Nice, nice, uh, Melissa. I kick it to you. I mean, you know, does that resonate with you? Any other any other thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I'm a member of the gathering spot, but very rarely do you see me co-working there because, you know, what they've been able to really do successfully is build community and this sense of belonging, even if you aren't at that place. And so what I'm trying to like grapple with right now as we built our team is how to create culture and community virtually and, and what it looks like to convene people without having that physical space. So we are planning to be um, remote and, um, you know, but we've got to figure out a way to um, engage people in, in who we are as an organization and figuring out how to translate that digitally. You know, I'm, I'm looking for cues from the gathering spot of Ryan Wilson or somebody to help me out on how to approach that because um, I, I think that it's something for folks to get really invested and bought in at this early stage, we've got to figure out how to communicate that really, really well. Um, and assuming that this is going to be our reality for the foreseeable future, um, I'm looking for notes. So if anybody has any, <laughs> I'll take them. Nice, nice. Bobby, what, what about you? Well, look, we're remote first, but um, as we scale, the goal is to be more of a hybrid structure where you know maybe the executive leadership team is here in Atlanta and uh, we have engineers scattered all over the place. But right now we're remote first. I work out of ATV. Uh, and one of the points you made was around relationship building. I think just to, you know, bump shoulders with folks, um, grab coffee, you know, that's really important, especially, you know, when you're just starting out. Um, and so, you know, that's how I structure it today. Nice, 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 nice. I mean, and now I want to come to, to John and John and Donald. I mean, you know, you all, well, John, you moved here during the pandemic. Donald, you're a little bit of a different, slightly different situation. I mean, but but how do you all think about place, workplace, when it comes to a physical location of working, when it comes to Atlanta, given the scenarios in which you all are in, and as it relates to kind of plugging into the ecosystem? So, so John, since you're here at the moment, I'll come to you first. Yeah, so we're not remote first. We are remote only. Okay, I am the only part of my team that lives in Atlanta. The rest of my team still lives in Durham. 
And that actually, the good thing is I've already had that um, camaraderie uh, with my team. We've been working together for various projects over the last couple of years. Um, So that's that's helpful. We kind of already have that culture built. Um, But as me being away kind of speaks to what it is that we really focus on anyway, which is building communities with people of like mind, whether you're in the same space or not. And so being able to to work remotely uh, full time allows me to just learn how to do this the right way as we're reaching out to people overseas to to come on board on our team and do different things for us. Um, the thing that I do love about Atlanta, though, and, and I'll do this a few times, is I'll actually um, go to a co-working space, not so much to rent the office, but to rent the conference room and, and have my meetings there. Um, and so that's the benefit. I just feel like you have so many options with, you know, Rome, Thrive, um, Gathering Spot. There's so many options that you do have here in terms of how you want to actually work uh, the, this whole remote working situation, that it makes it really easy for you. Um, the other thing that I think will continue to increase is we'll see a lot more people just working out of coffee shops. There's a ton of those here as well. They have a lot of you know good resources, really fast internet. Um, a lot of them do, will have space for you to sit down and kind of have somewhat of a private meeting if you need to. So I do think that that will begin to increase as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're remote first uh, also, but similar to Bobby, I, I certainly see a, a hybrid scenario. Um, quick story. I uh, got a chance to participate in Revolt's uh, pitch summit a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, I, it was my first time out in a really long time. I mean, so after three hours of a live in-person event, I was absolutely exhausted. But what you forget about is just how much energy you get from people and being in the same space and feeling all of that. So I I do think that uh, there will always be a hybrid layer, a remote layer uh, that is extremely valuable to Maya's point. Get the talent wherever you can get the talent from. Uh, It's 2021, soon to be 2022. Uh, Just getting talented people in your team is the number one priority. Uh, But I think being able to build culture in person, definitely also has its benefits as well. So uh, I think having some hybrid function, uh, getting the executive team together and able to accelerate that is important. Nice, nice. I mean, so here's how I think about it and quick spoiler alert for some stuff that Goody Nation is working on for for early 2022 is really taking into account a lot of things that you all just said, like many startup founders are going to be, you know, remote first, maybe in some cases remote only, but to Donald's point, you do, you know, you do get energy from other people and, and that, that part about relationship building and stuff like that is real. So we think about a Goody Nation. How can we start relationships between awesome founders and influential people online and then take those relationships that have been started online and then take them offline for, for deeper engagement? And so what that could look like and some things that we're planning on is doing these full workday experiences. So, so for example, it may be that, and we are planning this probably for early February, like a full day of like, hey, let's go to like something like Atlanta Tech Village and take that event center in the front, you know, put up the tables and chairs. And we have 50, 60 people working out of that room, you know, for the entire day. You can work and do your own thing. You can maybe break off and have a meeting. You're on, you need to take a phone call or something like that, like a conference room. But more importantly, because the, the room is curated between founders, investors, partners, experts, and stuff like that, who've already met each, each other online, they can now have a space to talk to each other in person. Right. So it may be like 9 a.m. 
to like 5 p.m. You eat lunch, you know, lunch is provided. You eat lunch together. You're you're deepening relationships. You're doing a little bit of work. And then at the end of the event, we do one of our events, our event series, either it's origin stories where both founders, experts or partners tell how they got to be where they are at the moment. Again, focusing on those those inflection points that are common between human beings or maybe it's founders therapy. Right. And so you leave the day you worked um, together. Founders meet each other. They've been in huddles together, you know, for the past year and change. Um, they've, you know, again, they met with experts and, and, and investors and things of that nature. And you leave that day having deeper relationships with a few people. And so imagine doing that every quarter or maybe every other month. So like, let's say February, we're ATV. April, we're over at ATDC. You know, uh, June or over at Russell Center and so on and so forth. You kind of, you know, multiply that throughout the year. Um, so those are some of the things we're, we're legitimately working on. And, and again, spoiler alert, because next up we have panel on, we're going up uh, up north to DC, Philly, and New York. We're thinking about taking that show on the road. And then we're thinking about, you know, to, to up there and also to Texas as well. So I don't know. I mean, I'd love to, you know, we have about 10 more, eight, eight or 10 more minutes left in this panel. I mean, Anybody have any thoughts on how that might play out? You know, would you be interested in something like that? I mean, again, huge, like, um, caveat here, like, we're, everything's around health and safety. Like, it, it, we're, we're A-OK there. Let's assume that we're, we're good there for a second. You know, how does that how does that play out? And more importantly, what, what could be the power of, of working out of a place with a bunch of dope people in one big, one big room? Um, Donald, actually, I actually would love to hear your thoughts on that first. I, I mean, just sign me up, right? Um, that's that's my first one. Just just sign me up. I mean, I, I got so much done in like a four hour period of seeing people in person uh, than I've been able to do in weeks. So I, I think it's a no brainer. I'd be interested in um, Goody Nation being able to get the right balance between uh, like working, but also having enough free time to be able to socialize and meet people. Is that natural? Um, or is that uh, prompted in any way um, by some of the, the programming that you mentioned? Those are like the, the first two things that come to mind. But yes, I'm, I'm in if uh, if you were one. Of them. There it is. There it is. Melissa. Yeah, I mean, I'm in too. Um, I'm thinking about though a little bit of those quiet spaces. So just making <laughs> sure that we have some balance around that. But if there are, you know, huddles built in so that, you know, I can plan my day and have the expectation that, you know, I'll do a couple hours in the beginning and then break off with, you know, the SAS group for this um, session. Like that seems like, I mean, it's basically like a co-working conference um, and I'm down. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bobby? Oh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you already have the network's effects baked in digitally. I think it makes a ton of sense. I'm getting excited about it already. Um, you mentioned February ATV. Um, so I, I have it marked on the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put it in, put it in pencil. We're still working out some details, you know what I'm saying? But that's what that's what we're we and we got a few other things that we're working on here. Just just know that you know this is again that's why we're raising money to scale our impact. Uh, John, I mean John, you're you're the only person here, right? You you moved here during the pandemic. I know you know folks in Atlanta, but you know what what does that concept look, sound like to you? Look, I'm all the way in. I need it. <laughs> 
That would be um, amazing. Um, somebody, I heard a quote, somebody said that when you do things by yourself, you're only using 10% of your potential. Mm-hmm. And so I believe that being surrounded by other like-minded people, just being able to tap into the energy that's going to be in that environment and in that room is only going to just increase your potential for productivity, innovation, new ideas, and so forth. So I am all in for that. You just let me know when, and I'll be the first one to sign up. There it is. There it is. You know, my same, same, same question for you. Yeah, absolutely. And what, what I love about that is, you know, taking it on the road in the city, first of all, um, you know, you mentioned Russell Center, ATV, AT, uh, ATDC. What makes, we uh, kind of mentioned it before, but what makes Atlanta such a great place is that we have these like gems around the city. And so I think bringing, you know, the Goody Nation family to these places, uh, maybe people aren't familiar with the Russell Center or, or don't know kind of everything that's going on at these different places. I think that's really cool. Um, and, you know, just gives uh, more of a wider lens of what is happening here in the ecosystem. And I personally, I would love to hear if you do take this on the road, uh, really on the road um, to other cities, you know, I think Atlanta would have a lot to learn. Um, I would be fascinated to see how other other cities and other tech hubs, you know, what they're doing um, in terms of, of creating space and creating community. So uh, I, I hope you do it health and safety first. Um, but when, if, and when that happens, um, would need it, would need a report back on what that looks like. There it is. There it is. There it is. So let's do lightning round as we close out this segment on Atlanta. Uh, I'm going to kick it to, to Melissa first, just two things. One, what you're excited about for 2022 and then two, how can people get in contact with you? So um, I am super excited about us um, launching our tool um, in, in January. So we are in a pilot right now um, in uh, four states, and it's really exciting for us to be getting all of this feedback. And so being able to incorporate that in and um, add those features and, and make those last little tweaks so that we can look forward to customers, customers, customers come January. Um, that is that is what I am looking forward to in 2022. Um, I can be found on Instagram at handled by Cam that my maiden name is Campbell. So, and I get it handled. So that worked. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm at handled by Cam on there. And then on Twitter, it's, Hey, it's Melissa B. Um, But if you are looking out for me on um, LinkedIn, just look for my name. I'm looking forward to connecting to folks and always want to have conversations. So um, I'm looking forward to talking to more lawyers in California in the new year so we can make this thing um, a reality. There and it is. There it is. There it is. Uh, remind me to connect with my guy, my guy Paul. Um, there it is. Uh, Donald. Yeah. Uh, 2022, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Maya's prediction about the creator economy uh, really exploding in Atlanta. I'm in that space, so I stand to benefit uh, from it, obviously, but I think Atlanta is the next Hollywood. So uh, I like to see 22 making... 2022 making some of those strides uh you can find me uh at tryboxedup.com uh that's the website that's the instagram that's the twitter uh personally it's just donald t boone uh at um on instagram as well uh, i'll also throw my email out there donald at tryboxedup so pretty much tryboxedup uh wherever you can find us on the web there it is there is and by the way before we kick to john like let's we got to figure out a better way to say 2022. Like, can we just say 22 or something? I mean, can, I mean, is, is that, I mean, I, I'm struggling and I know I'm tired. So I think I'm just going to start saying 22. 
uh, moving forward. But but John, yeah, what are you looking forward to? And how can people get in contact with you? Yeah, this year's go up twenty twenty. Well. Double dose. I'm going to call it double dose. Double dose is going to be a good year for us. Um, we are actually in the process of redeveloping and redesigning our whole platform. So we're really excited about that. We're going to be relaunching it. So what's currently out there is going to be no more. It's going to be much better. Uh, so really, really looking forward to that. The partnerships and the deals that we have set up are going to be amazing. I'm excited to just continue to allow people to build communities within our platform and connect with the world. Um, you can find me on Instagram, um, Spoke Hub, it'll be Spoke Hub app is the handle. And then me personally, it's John C. York. Um, you can go to spokehub.co to head to our website as well. Nice, nice. Bobby? Yeah, very similar to John. Uh, we are relaunching and rebranding next year, revamping the entire user interface of our platform. So I'm really excited about that. And then we also have a few pilots in the pipeline where we're working with our capital partners to help. Uh, founders grow into credit worthiness. And so we plan on scaling our platform that way as well. Um, in terms of how you can reach us, you can reach us on all social uh, at fund story underscore, I'm sorry, fund underscore story. And uh, you can find me on social at Bobby O. Gilbert. Awesome. 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 And Maya, close it out. Yeah, for me, when when I think of 22, uh, what what I'm most excited about, you know, I I'm looking forward to seeing this uh, this momentum. We do I, 2021 was an inflection point for Atlanta in many ways, but uh, I'm excited to see those those stories continue. But I'm excited to be able to uh, what hype can do and uh, what our focus can do in terms of. Speaking to uh, to new founders that are maybe finding entrepreneurship for the first time or who are uh, starting their their next venture here in Atlanta, um, I think we're going to see um, a lot of the startup success stories that have happened are going to uh, you know there there's uh, employee employees and founders at those companies that that are ready to start their own ventures um, coming up, and I think that's a really exciting kind of next uh, iteration for the ecosystem. Uh, in terms of getting a hold of me, um, would love it if you could follow Hypopotamus, um, spelt there uh, on the bottom of your screen. Um, we have a newsletter that comes out twice a week. Uh, we only talk startups, only talk startups in the Southeast. So um, we think it's a, a good value add for your inbox and it's free. Um, you can also get in contact with me, um, Maya Ellinger, across, um, across the socials. So Awesome. 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 Well, my A-Town people, this has been a great conversation. Thank you all for kicking off the last third of the conversation today, our Giving Tuesday Good Stories event while talking about what's happening in Atlanta, what's, what we're looking forward to moving forward and how we're going to come together. Community. I truly appreciate you all. Um, look forward to connecting with you all pretty soon. You know, I will say this spoiler alert too. We are trying to maybe plan a New Year's Eve Eve event. I don't know. Like we'll get together again. <sighs> variant depending, and so, so we'll see how it goes. But we'll let you know. Thank you for tuning in to the Wild Relationships Matter podcast by Goody Nation. We hope you enjoyed it. If you were inspired, if you want to make a difference, if you want to close the relationship gap, please follow us at Goody Nation on all social media channels or log on to our website, goodynation.org. Peace.